Greetings, everyone. You are listening to the All in Sacred Time podcast for the early spring, in fact, the spring equinox of 2015. The All in Sacred Time podcast is designed to give deeper meaning to your life by helping you to better understand and consciously align with the cosmological and sacred energies affecting and influencing your daily life. My name is Anna Jones, and I'm an interfaith minister, and I have been studying cosmology astrology and astronomy for many years uh, implementing it into my life in the late 1980s and trying to really live more and more of my life in harmony and in alignment with the natural rhythms of natural time uh, and what I'm referring to as sacred time here uh, throughout this podcast. I have uh, in 2014 uh, did a series of podcasts that came to a close and, and completion. And this is uh, the new uh, podcast for 2015 and the beginning of a new series that I will be offering. Um, I'll be offering this new series of All in Sacred Time podcasts, which are cosmological reports, ultimately. They're not um, astrology predictions as much as they're cosmological energy reports. Think of them like energy reports or like a weather report would be for the weather. Uh, These are like cosmological influences that create energetic influences so they're like energy reports for us and I'll be doing a new series of them here in 2015 of which this is the first one and the new series is going to be um based on the seasons. There will be two uh, podcasts released per season, uh, one at the beginning of each season and one in the middle of the season. Uh, So there'll be a podcast this year um, released on the Spring Equinox, which is this one, the first one of this 2015 series. And there'll be a podcast released in the halfway point between the Spring Equinox and the Summer Solstice, which is known as Beltane, which is May 1st. And then I will progress on with uh, the Summer season, uh, the fall season, and the winter season of releasing uh, the All in Sacred Time podcast at the beginning of each season and at the halfway point uh, between each season. And I will cover um, basically cosmological, uh, sacred, natural energies that are affecting us and influencing us in our daily lives, as I said uh, earlier, um, during each one of these. So we begin um, this new 2015 series of podcast with um, a broadcast that is uh, very exciting to me because it is just a power-packed beginning to spring that I'm happy to speak about. Uh, So this is a power-packed beginning of uh, spring for those in the northern hemisphere. The spring equinox is um, coming up and it is uh, approaching very quickly. Uh, It is coming up on March the 20th and um, for those in the southern hemisphere it will be the fall equinox. Regardless of whether you're in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere it's still the equinox for everybody but it's just it depends upon if you're in one of those hemispheres it depends on whether it's spring or whether it's fall. So for the northern hemisphere which is where I'm located at and which is what this um, podcast is oriented towards people who are in the northern hemisphere uh, it will be the spring equinox. However um, like I said for everybody it is still the equinox, which means the word itself 
means equinox, equal night. So it's equal night and equal day. Uh, so regardless of what part of the world we're in, the equin an equinox is taking place, uh, and the, the the sun, the moon, and the earth are um, while the moon and the earth are, I'm sorry, the sun and the earth are aligned in a certain way to create uh, equal night and equal day. It's not uh, exactly precise, but it is pretty balanced. Um, it's considered to be uh, the most balanced time of uh, energies and a great time for uh, balancing ourselves, uh, the balance of the masculine and feminine, the balance of the light and the shadow, um, everything the yin and yang ultimately represents. Uh, it's a great time for that, uh, the balancing of all energies on every equinox. So that would be true regardless of the equinox and regardless of uh, where we where we were uh, in the world um, and regardless of you know what some of the unique things about this particular equinox are so it's it's a great time for balancing be working towards balancing yourself uh, and I would say especially so because of some of the unique things that um, are being added to this particular upcoming equinox that is going to make it maybe more challenging to be in balance and to stay in balance more challenging than it might otherwise be because of amplifications of energies that are happening because we're not just approaching the um, sacred turning point known as the spring equinox which is always bringing about change right? every time we come to an equinox or a solstice uh, it's the change of the seasons that's why we, we we recognize it most commonly we call it the first day of spring uh, and uh, so we, we know that changes are coming changes are beginning change finally has arrived um, but we don't depending upon what the unique energies of that particular equinox equinox is um, or solstice is that's, that's coming up not only is it changed but it can be then amplified by other things that are also happening and that is definitely the case for this upcoming uh, spring equinox that is happening on March the 20th now, I didn't have time to um, prior to recording this broadcast uh, to go through and look at all the different times that the equinox is happening in all the different time zones uh, so what I'll do is I'll just give you the time that is happening and um, to the, the universal time clock uh, or the universal time zone, the Greenwich Mean Time that we can all calculate off of. Um, it's 2245 UTC, and again, that's universal time or, or, or universal time zone there. Uh, so you can just calculate that whether you're in the east or whether you're in Pacific time. Uh, you can look up what time that actually is for you. But it's, it's uh, the fall, the spring equinox uh, here in the northern hemisphere is happening at 2245. Uh, UTC on March the 20th uh, is when that's happening. But prior to the exact time of the equinox, uh, within the same window of the equinox, so within the same 24-hour period that the equinox is happening, we also have a supermoon, which is a super new moon this time, and we have a solar eclipse. Um, so the, both of those things are amplifying the energies of change. Um, 
um, I was reading an article uh, that by the astrologers on elephantjournal.com uh, in which they were calling it a total system reboot. Um, how you know something we just get to the point where uh, something we've we've taken something as far as we can take it, and then we kind of have to reboot the system uh, in order to upgrade or to um, you know bring in anything new or up, or upload something new uh, using that analogy for computer systems. I've used this analogy for these types of powerful events before and um, thought it was a perfect analogy for uh, what we're facing um, you know here with the combination of the three as like a triple power packed um, equinox because you've got the equinox which is always power packed and you have a solar eclipse which is always power packed uh, total solar eclipse and you have a super moon a super new moon uh, happening uh, which they're the super moons are always we always feel them whether they're new moons or full moons we always feel them a little more because they're at the end the moon is so close to the earth so total system reboot I thought was a, a, a great uh, catchphrase uh, to, to help us understand that which I think many of us are in need of actually um, there have been a lot of difficult things this last winter season uh, these last uh, three four months uh, that people have been going through and a lot of challenging and difficult energies uh, so a, a complete total system reboot uh, can help to refresh and upgrade and uh, kind of get energies moving and get things moving and flowing again. Um, so it's a good time for uh, major change and uh, for you to plan that. Uh, what, one of the things that I like to do uh, with these podcasts is again, instead of going into all the depths of the astrology of everything, I like to try to help you just understand what are the energies of these things because uh, really that's what cosmology ultimately is about. It's about uh, what's, what's happening in the cosmos that's that's affecting me directly um, and you know my relationship with the cosmos basically uh, because as above so below um, as within so without that is with that is uh, like evidence of that uh, we have evidence of that in quantum physics now we have evidence of that within astronomy now um, that as above so below as within so without that all things are connected and interconnected however we don't always put that two and two together we know that two and two are connected connected and we know that two and two equal four we know that all, a lot of these things in our sciences um, but we don't always make that extra step of then how does that you know two and two being connected two and two equal four you know how does that apply to me personally how does that uh, impact me personally um, and and it will be unique for all of us because uh, what your particular um, you know cosmological influences are and astrological influences are uh, even at the time of your birth play a role in like your unique experiences along the way but there's just a certain amount of this which is why I call it like a cosmological weather report that it's influencing us all for example the weather report of what's happening with the weather outside on a certain day it'll, it will influence everybody experiencing that weather to some degree some more so than others right depending upon what you're doing and depending upon the situation and depending upon other unique factors in your life 
but um, you know it, it still will impact us all so uh, it, it, and it's good to know how to respond well how do you respond well, how do you prepare yourself for um, a spring equinox you know first of all don't just wait for the weather to get better and 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 wait till the spring weather you know warms up and the spring thaws there before you think spring has arrived actually celebrate the beginning of spring the the return of the greening um, it is totally appropriate um, that there's no accident that the celebration of st. Patrick's Day is just a few days before the spring equinox either and that the color for that is green and that everybody starts to you know, wear a green color and, you know, because there is a return of the greening that's actually um, being prepared within nature um, and that the spring uh, spring equinox for the northern hemisphere brings. Um, the spring equinox uh, will bring the return of the greening. Things will begin to green. But before you begin to see that with your physical eyes, you're experiencing the energies of that already. And those energies will begin on the day of the spring equinox, which is Friday, March the 20th. And and um, they will be amplified by the new moon supermoon energies and with the fact that the uh, the supermoon is traveling with the sun in such a way in such a proximity to the sun and the earth that um, they are aligning and creating an alignment the earth moon and sun are coming into alignment uh, where there's going to be a actual um, solar eclipse which will not be visible uh, from what I understand in the United States I've not heard of any place where it would be. Uh, I could be wrong, however, but I've heard um, that it was going to be visible mostly uh, far north of northern Europe, for example, um, maybe in northern Canada, uh, but the, the farther uh, north in, you know, the northern uh, regions uh, of the world will have, uh, especially over in the European side of the world, um, will have more opportunities to actually see with their physical eyes that alignment between the Sun and the moon and the earth uh, that creates the solar eclipse but regardless of whether we can see it with our physical eyes just like we can't see the greening necessarily that's happening already with our physical eyes the shift is happening the day that the the shift with the Sun and the earth happens the Sun and the earth always come into a, a certain line alignment uh, at every equinox uh, there, that's always the case um, that's what makes them an equinox right and what makes an equinox an equinox what makes a solstice a solstice is a certain way that the earth and the sun com are coming into alignment and this time we have the moon involved the moon is uh, going to be involved in coming into a close proximity to the earth in fact the closest proximity that it gets within its 28 day lunar cycle so every 28 days the moon has well, a day in which it is farthest away from the earth and every 28 days the moon has a day in which it's closest to the earth so every 28 days we, there's one super moon that actually happens it's just a title that was given um, but I love the title I think the title is really helpful to help us understand that when that day whatever that day is whatever the day of the supermoon is within that 28 day cycle whatever day the moon is in uh, I believe it's perigee which means it's closest to the earth whenever it's closest to the earth that those energies of the moon are actually amplified and we we feel them more the earth actually itself feels them more the tides experience uh, more effect from them we'll 
we'll, we'll see changes in the tides during that time that the, the moon is closest to the earth every 28 days. So it just differs from month to month, from moon cycle to moon cycle, um, which, you know, the word month was originally, uh, originally a moon cycle, or originally the months were a 28-day moon cycle before that actually got changed in the man-made calendar, uh, took over uh, the, 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 the calendars of the ancients, which were all based on natural time and sacred time. And as I've said in previous podcasts and in some of my classes and workshops, I really believe that this is one of the reasons why we are one, not only reason, but one of the very big reasons why we are so out of balance and why we are so out of alignment too is because we're so disconnected to the natural world and to the natural rhythms and to the natural order that um, this dance between the cosmos, this dance of the cosmos plays a role. I mean, it plays a role in the tides and the, the, the rhythms of the ocean. Well, there's also an ocean in us. You know, there's uh, the body is made up of, um, you know, primarily, you know, water and some minerals and a few other chemicals. Uh, but over 60 something, some people say as much as 80 something percent of the body, definitely I've heard 60 uh, something percent uh, being made up of water. So, and I, and I bring that up too because um, where the moon is also uh, plays a role in the energy of it, right? So the moon is close to the earth. That means that it's in the supermoon position, it's in its closest to the earth, and it's in a new moon which is a new beginning. Um, and so equinox, spring equinox is a new beginning. In fact, to some of the ancient peoples, they actually considered it to be the new year. You know, um, So now we're kind of finished with every possible New Year's celebration uh, that, that could be. And we're fully in the new year to, according to all the traditions, uh, both modern and ancient uh, in the world now that we've reached the, the spring equinox. And the new is now in full in full swing and so that it can be considered a new year and this is the equinox can and then the new moon is a new cycle right so a new cycle for the the, the moon so every 28 days we have a new moon and um, that is the beginning of the lunar cycle the new moon is the beginning of a new lunar cycle it's often called the dark moon because we can't see it it's actually traveling with the Sun which is why we can't see it that means when the Sun sets it sets um, um, so that's why we can't see it in the nighttime sky because it's already set at the same time. Uh, so that's what a new moon is. For those of you who don't understand it, sometimes I uh, come across people and they don't even really, uh, the, you know, the, so out of touch with the natural rhythms and natural time that they don't even really understand uh, what even a new moon is, what even a new moon means. Full moons are a little easier because we've all had experiences of seeing them with our physical eyes and, of course, feeling uh, the effects of it when we're seeing it. You know, like feeling like, you know, the certain uh, strong effects in our lives and looking out and there's a full moon. Uh, well, we experience different effects. It's still an amplification. It's a different kind of amplification during the times of the new moons. It's much more on the inner level. Um, the changes, the shifts I find with new moons are much more on the inner level. Uh, it's a perfect time for setting intentions. So is the spring equinox, by the way, because the intentions of um, the spring equinox and, and intentions for whatever you plan at the time 
time of the new moon are like seeds that you're planting, right? So planting, uh, pr pr putting out intentions for yourself, whether it be in the form of prayers or whether it be in the form of affirmations, just very clear, very specific, and think of them as seeds that you're wanting to plant in your life. That's what those intentions are. They're, you're putting them out there into this fertile energy, you know, that, 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 that is, is it's all about change and new beginnings, and it's going to take that energy and then uh, take that intention and um, and help that grow, help that actually come into being. So setting intentions is always a good thing at every new moon um, and, and always a good thing at every uh, new beginning of a new season, um, but particularly I would say very important with this one because we have the new moon um, and it's a super moon uh, because of its close proximity to the earth and we have the new season, the spring equinox. And then in addition to that we have an extra alignment uh, happening that is not always the case. It is not common. It is not common, I'll repeat that, uh, for there to be a solar eclipse, supermoon, and equinox all at the same time. Um, in fact, when I heard it, I was like, what? Uh, it, it was uh, something that kind of took me back when I, when I uh, saw that it was coming up. I was feeling kind of stunned by that, and I thought, wow, this is uh, going to be really, really powerful. In fact, um, their solar eclipses, uh, we feel their energies in larger cycles, actually. Um, and we're going to be completing, uh, uh, well, connecting in with a 19-year cycle uh, that, um, you know, 1997 um, is, is one of the, the time periods that I see connected to this eclipse. 1999 and the eclipse, an eclipse that happened in 1999 is another one that I've seen connected to uh, the energies of this particular eclipse. So the, they're, they're dealing with larger cycles, uh, the eclipse cycles are, even though eclipses happen every year, um, they, it just has to do with where they're at in the sky and certain energies that they're carrying, right, um, and uh, the fact that they happen in these uh, patterns, so to speak. So. Um, there's two, uh, two, usually one to two solar eclipses a year, uh, one to two um, lunar eclipses that happen a year, and it's very common, um, vast majority of the time that I, I've looked at it and that I've experienced and studied this, um, for that they happen and they occur together. Uh, so that when there is a solar eclipse, there's usually a lunar eclipse nearby and vice versa. Um, so we're actually going into an eclipse season. So not only is March 20th uh, the day that we're experiencing this, you know, triple power-packed, you know, system reboot uh, with all of these energies and these alignments that are happening, um, but then for um, the time period uh, between March the 20th and um, April the 4th, actually, uh, will be in uh, the spring eclipse season, actually, um, meaning that that uh, the energies will still be uh, affecting us quite strongly as uh, energies are building up towards the full moon of April the 4th. And on April the 4th, we will have the full moon 
and that full moon will be a lunar eclipse. So that's the pairing, right, um, that I was speaking of that is common for solar eclipses and lunar eclipses to happen in pairs. Um, and uh, the solar eclipse uh, will be on the 20th of March and uh, will be the new moon. And it always is. A solar eclipse is always on a new moon. Um, and uh, the lunar eclipse uh, will always be on the full moon. So the full moon of April the 4th um, is uh, the the uh, the lunar eclipse. April the 4th is a lunar eclipse. Um, so I'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, before I get further into discussing the uh, full moon of April the 4th and the lunar eclipse, I just want to wrap up speaking about um, the, the launch of this eclipse season. Uh, so it's a almost, uh, yeah, it's actually a little bit over two weeks. Um, it's like two weeks and one day, so about 15, 15 days there from the new moon to the full moon, uh, 14 and a half days. Um, uh, in which we'll be experiencing the spring eclipse season. Uh, we'll be feeling the kind of the the impact of all of these things, of all these energies, and of, of the eclipse uh, energies kind of building up um, till that full moon uh, lunar eclipse there. So, um, it's a great time for ritual, ceremony. Uh, I always highly encourage this. Uh, in, in last year's podcast series, I encouraged it uh, to people. I always encourage the people whether I'm doing a private session one-on-one -on -one with somebody, um, you know, because I offer uh, private intuitive readings um, in private healing sessions. Uh, I'm a holistic healer as well as a professional intuitive. So I um, always recommend people do uh, prayer and intention. Uh, as well as um, ceremonies and rituals of some kind and meditations. Um, a ceremony and ritual can actually include all of it, right? You can uh, include prayer and you can include meditation, um, maybe a candle lighting, maybe the creating of an altar, uh, something like that for, um, you know, for a ritual or for a ceremony that you would create for yourself. Uh, and it's appropriate to do that um, on March the 20th, the spring equinox, as well as um, on the um, other eclipse, uh, the, the, the lunar eclipse that's coming up on March the 4th. I mean, April the 4th, sorry, excuse me. That's um, coming up on April the 4th, the full moon lunar eclipse. Um, and uh, that particular weekend of the full moon lunar eclipse on April the 4th, which will be the culmination of this spring uh, eclipse season, is Easter weekend. In fact, um, April the 4th, that, uh, that full moon lunar eclipse that I'm speaking of uh, falls on um, Holy Saturday, and uh, the night it is the night before um, Easter. So it's appropriate maybe to, um, if that's a celebration uh, that you honor and celebrate in your spiritual faith. Um, because as an interfaith minister, I, I, I work with people of all faiths and traditions, and this podcast is really for people of, of all faiths and traditions. Um, if that's something that you uh, celebrate, then I highly recommend maybe even including on the altar things that are uh, appropriate to that and connected to that, which is something interesting I did want to tie in, actually, is a lot of the symbols, uh, for example, if you wanted to create an altar, do a small you know, ceremony or ritual for yourself to honor this eclipse season, and you wanted 
to, you know, have it up during the entire eclipse season, that would be a great thing, you know, starting on March the 20th and leaving it all the way up through Easter would be what I would advise to do and um, to daily actually be connecting with that altar or maybe even changing some things on it and things and have on it all the things that are represented with spring and Easter. Um, the, the ancient Celts uh, believed in uh, this time period of the renewal and the greening and the rebirth of the earth associated with the goddess Ostara. And Ostara is where we get a lot of the symbols associated with Easter. Uh, the symbols associated with the rebirthing of the of the earth and the greening of the earth. And the goddess Ostara um, are the symbols of the rabbit, which is the hare. Um, you know, eggs, uh, bright colors such as, you know, greens and pinks and, you know, pastels. Um, all, and, and kind of the list goes on actually so some of the symbols associated with Easter ironically uh, actually come from this uh, ancient Celtic connection to the goddess Astara and um, that uh, connection to the Easter rabbit and uh, the, the rabbit being an animal of um, you know fertility basically uh, a symbol of fertility uh, for the fertility of the renewal of the fertility of the land and of the soil and of the new things that were being planted both in the soil as well as planted in our lives right and so that's what I mean by you know what what we do energetically the words that we say the prayers that we do the meditations that we do planting uh, new energies in our life for what we want to not only grow uh, literally but also grow metaphorically um, in our lives so just wanted to share all of that with you uh, and make those suggestions also working with um, crystals and gemstones during this time period uh, can be uh, very helpful especially if you're undergoing a lot of uh, sensitivity to these energies adding to the energies is the fact that we've been having some pretty major solar storm activity uh, enough to create um, what many of you may have been already seeing as uh, large aurora borealises uh, aurora borealis displays um, much farther south than what aurora borealis is normally seen uh, as those energy electromagnetic energy waves uh, interact with our earth's atmosphere those electromagnetic uh, waves do not just stop at our Earth's atmosphere, they actually affect us too. And empathetically, we can be um, energy sensitive. And, uh, if, and if you're not energy sensitive, then you might be emotionally sensitive to the influence of all these things. Because what I haven't yet said is that um, where the actual uh, sun and moon are going to be located at um, their literal position in the sky if you if you could look up and 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 see where they're positioned in the sky um, the, that uh, positioning is in the sign of Pisces okay and um, this is something that will be a bit confusing to people who follow Western astrology because this is not astrology I'm speaking of, and it's definitely not Western astrology. Western astrology will tell you that the sun is entering into Pisces, I mean, I'm sorry, Aries, and um, uh, because Aries is always associated with the spring energies, right? However, um, it was accurate 2,000 years ago as far as the positioning of the sun. It's not accurate now, actually. Um, it's the, the positioning of the sun and the moon will not be 
in Aries, and I think it's very important for all of us, uh, in really in order to align ourselves properly, to really know where it is. You know, where is it in the sky? My husband and I love, uh, we live here in Hawaii, which is where I'm broadcasting this podcast out of, and we love looking up in the sky at night and um, seeing the amazing stars and be able to see the planets and see the moon move through the signs of the zodiac with our physical eyes. And so we can attest to you that we have, um, you know, both studied this uh, through astronomy uh, and also sidereal, uh, which is also known as celestial astrology, um, and studied this with our own physical eyes that um, where Western astrology says the sun and the moon is, is not where it technically is. Um, And I'll try to explain that. I've tried to explain that in last year's podcast, and it's a little bit complex to explain. Do I feel that that makes Western astrology invalid? No. Um, Do I feel that it makes it um, inaccurate to some degree? Yes and no. Um, I don't believe that it's inaccurate in kind of helping us be prepared for the energies that we're going to be feeling, because I find that oftentimes the um, things that they're projecting uh, and predicting uh, do often ring true. Um, However, it is not uh, accurate to say that the sun is in Aries or that the moon is in Aries, um, which some uh, astrologers uh, will be saying. So um, the accurate thing, uh, because we have experienced uh, the procession of the equinoxes, is a very real thing. Um, things, you know, things are not the same on the planet. Things are not the same with our positioning as they were 2,000 years ago. The accurate thing is to say, and this is what I, how, how I like to put it, is that the sun and the moon are in Pisces and they're projecting the energies of Aries um, on the day of the uh, spring equinox. Um, I think they say that the moon, the, 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 the solar eclipse is actually the moon in Pisces, but then that the moon will be in Aries. And anyway, it gets confusing, but um, so I'm not even going to go into Western astrology at all here. I'm just going to say that uh, at the time of the spring equinox, the eclipse will have um, finished and it will um, have been a total solar eclipse, uh, but it will still be within the 24-hour period, and the sun and the moon will be traveling together, and um, at the time of the spring equinox, uh, both the sun will be in Pisces, and the moon will be in Pisces, and Pisces is a water sign, and so it heavily affects our emotional energy, um, and it can uh, affect no matter what sign we are, right? So um, it is because the sun affects all of us, the moon affects all of us, so if you are Pisces, then that might be able to, that might affect you uh, even more, but you'd have to, again, see um, what you are in celestial astrology or Vedic astrology to determine uh, whether you're a true Pisces or um, a true Aries. Um, Anyway, I'm not saying that one system is wrong and the other is right. I'm I'm just saying that it's time that we start to get more accurate and precise with our wording, because it doesn't um, help help uh, get people in living in alignment and living in harmony with the natural rhythms of the cosmos if we tell them the sun is in 
Aries, and it's actually not. Um, because then everybody's running around with the sun is an Aries, the sun is an Aries, the sun is an Aries in their head, and they're starting to relate to it that way, which when you, when the, the really, the only reason why Western astrology still works is because it's still connected to the, it's called the tropical astrology, right? Because it's still connected to the seasons. So because the season carries that Aryan kind of energy, the beginning of the season of spring carries that Aryan kind of energy, we feel it. You know, we, we actually feel it, we relate to it, we connect to it. There's so many things in, you know, the Western astrology uh, reports that we'll, that we'll find that we'll, we'll feel like we totally relate to. However, um, as much as we feel the spring energy that's Aryan-like, um, Aries-like spring energy, uh, technically the sun and the moon is in Pisces, and so we will also be experiencing that. And so here's the way I like to language it. I like to say exactly where the sun and the moon or the planets are, right? So, um, you know, literally where they are, where they're located at. So the moon, sun and the moon at the time of the spring equinox will be in the sign of Pisces. And um, they will be projecting the energy of Aries, is how I like to like how I like to stay, say it now. Um, projecting the energy of Aries, so there is some Aryan energies that we're feeling and that's influencing us, and you know that we'll, we'll be feeling that uh, at that time. So anyway, that's how the best explanation that I can give um, right now to you. Uh, plan on um, explaining this more. I uh, explained it a little bit uh, in my last year's season. Um, didn't do that great of a job of explaining it then. I'm not sure if I'm doing that great of a job of explaining it now, but I uh, just wanted all of you to know um, why I don't just give, like, you know, the, the, the typical or stereotypical uh, Western astrology type of reports uh, when I do these um, cosmological uh, forecasts and weather forecasts. Alright, so I'm going to move on now, and um, I'm going to move on to talking about and discussing some of the other things coming up because this podcast is not just for the spring equinox and not just for the upcoming eclipse cycle. It covers the whole six-week period between the beginning of spring all the way up to the middle of spring. Um, so the next podcast I'll be doing in this 2015 series will be on May 1st, which will be the halfway point, uh, so the midway point for spring. Um, so I've already mentioned that uh, the spring, that the, the, um, the lunar eclipse is happening on April the 4th. That's uh, the weekend of Easter. Easter always falls on the, uh, the, the, the first Sunday after the first full moon in spring. So that's why Easter uh, is happening that weekend. So it's the first Sunday after the first full moon of spring. So there is a lunar connection to the the um, Christian Eastern uh, Easter celebration. It will always be on the first Sunday after the first full moon of spring, and that that full moon that weekend will amplify uh, the energies of that holy weekend. Um, we'll feel the amplification uh, due to the influences of the full moon lunar eclipse. Now that particular um, full moon, the moon will actually be in the sign of Virgo 
on April the 4th and it will be projecting the energies of Libra so we'll have um, effects from both the energies of Virgo because the full moon will actually be in Virgo and we'll have um, energies that we will actually feel influencing us uh, as is projecting the energies also of Libra so we'll feel energies from Libra and we'll feel energies of Virgo and I don't have uh, time today to get into all of that, but there's, um, if this is of interest to you, you can read about both of those signs, but you want to read about the moon in those signs, right? So the moon in those constellations, um, because you don't want to just go pick up a book and read about a, a sun sign uh, in, those, in those constellations. You want to read about the moon in those constellations. Um, but there are some other things coming up uh, in the month of April that I wanted to point out and talk about before I have the next podcast. Um, there will also be a new moon coming up on April the 18th. So um, between um, now and the time of the next podcast, there'll be these two new moons and one full moon. And um, so the new moon, the first one is the equinox super moon, and then the next one will be, the next new moon will be on April, Saturday, April the 18th. And that will be, the new moon will actually be in the sign of Taurus physically, in, I mean, sorry, physically in the sign of Aries, physically in the sign of Aries and projecting the energies of Taurus. So it'll be physically in the sign of Aries and projecting the energies of Taurus. And shortly after that new moon, um, it's not as a time that's on the sacred time calendar, but um, to me, I, 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 I treat it as if it's sacred time because I think we need to treat the earth sacred. There is the uh, upcoming celebration on April the 22nd of Earth Day, um, and I really believe that uh, treating the earth sacred is a very important thing to do. So um, Earth Day uh, should be celebrated, I think, um, as a sacred time for us all because of our sacred connection uh, to the planet. I personally wish that when they would have um, created Earth Day long ago, when they when they chose the, the date for it to uh, always fall on every year, that they would have uh, picked something that was connected to something in sacred time, but it's pretty hard to, difficult to do that, so I understand um, why that, that that's probably the case, uh, but but Mother Earth is, um, and, you know, very, very important to all of us in caring for the Earth and honoring our sacred relationship with the Earth uh, is absolutely critical in our day and age are all of our ancestors honored their sacred relationship with the earth and that's just not in their heads but in the way that they spoke in the way they lived their lives and the way they did their politics you know they, they honored their sacred relationship with the earth they honored the earth and they honored the living beings on the earth and so it, it, April 22nd is just one day out of the year on a man-made calendar but we can make it sacred by um, making uh, new commitments and renewing our vows and commitments to you know, living in sacred harmony with the earth and living with sacred harmony with all beings on the earth. And of course, one of the best ways of living in sacred harmony with the earth is sacred time, which is one of the reasons why I do this podcast. Um, because uh, as much as we like to think that we are just running on you know, a man-made clock and a man-made calendar system, our minds may be focused on that man 
man-made clock and a man-made calendar system. But our emotions, our physical body, our circadian rhythms, which you know helps us to sleep and, and creates health and vitality within our body, all of that, um, all of the clock of our body and of our emotions and of our spirit runs on a different clock. It's not a man-made clock. It's not a man-made calendar. Uh, the, the, the clock of our spirit, the clock of our body, the clock that our, um, uh, that our emotions are tuned to uh, is the, the lunar cycle, the solar cycle of each day, the rising and the setting of each sun, the rising and the setting of each moon, the rising and the setting of the planets, uh, the rhythms, the harmonies uh, of nature that are created by the movements of the sun and the stars and the moon. And uh, the more I learn about this, the more I'm in awe of it. And uh, another reason for me um, recommitting, uh, even though my schedule is busier than ever these days, um, to uh, re restarting this All in Sacred Time podcast is because of uh, my knowledge of just how uh, critically important this is in my life for living a life of balance for me and how critically important that I believe it to be for other people. So um, that said, I think I covered everything that I wanted to cover for um, the Sacred Times that are happening in the next six weeks. Um, and um, I will just take a look here at my notes. Uh, the only other thing that I might want to add is um, that there are names for each one of the full moons and the full moon coming up in um, April which is that full moon lunar eclipse on April the 4th uh, the name for that that the indigenous peoples gave to that moon is the pink moon and it has to do with the, um, the, the, the flowering trees the flowers that start to come out and uh, the colors of nature that you begin to see so um, but there are also times when people have reported actually feeling like the the moon is pinkish in the sky and I've seen some amazing uh, pictures of the the April uh, full moon um, that actually do appear pink so there could actually be some phenomena associated with that as well um, I think that's everything I want to just wish everybody a very happy uh, sp early spring season here a happy spring equinox super moon solar eclipse may it be sacred may it be blessed may it be a time for you to, to make the changes that you need to make to uh, prosper and to have fertile abundance uh, in your life this spring season. And if you want to connect with me further, you're welcome to uh, reach me through my website, which is AnnaJonesOnline.com. And Anna is spelled A-N-A-J-O-N-E-S, and then online.com. Um, and I will be uh, returning for the next broadcast on May the 1st, 2015, or the day before. Thank you.